Hi, Dajana. Hello. Welcome to the Elliot Ashram, where we ambush people. Yeah, I, I, I certainly am getting ambushed right now um, on a Saturday, on a Friday. No, it's Saturday, Saturday night. It's perfect timing because you're about to leave for uh, a long time. I am. When, yes. when do you leave? Um, probably around Christmas time. No kidding. Yeah. That soon. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be like next year for some reason. Um, no. Yeah. Shoot, you better shoot that three rolls of film. For I me. know. I, I've been telling Diane every every day. I badger her about it, but um, it'll happen. So how'd you get your start? Uh, let's see. I started getting interested in film because my dad. Um, he went to design school and he's now a mechanical engineer, but like I grew up around like a lot of like photography and design books and I started doing photography in like elementary and middle school. Like film photography? Uh, he, he started out digital, but then I did like a summer camp where we learned black and white film photography, like how to shoot it, develop it, and then uh, print it, which was really cool. Um, and I think that was like my first foray into understanding the process behind, yeah, just making an image more beyond just, you know, pressing a button. And I think that intentionality and that technical, I guess, skills that come with that really interested me. And um, I think that it's, that's kind of what, yeah, got me, got me hooked on um, capturing images and making visual storytelling through, through images, yeah. So usually when I talk to people who shoot on film, um, there's something that I consider like catching the magic. Because I think film photography, cellular specifically, is like, it's, a magic, it's the closest thing we have to magic. Yeah. Did you feel that? Yeah. Um, like, you know, when you're in a darkroom printing, you saw the image just sort of come into mm -hmm. frame, right? Yeah, totally. You in the developer, and all of you see this picture come Yeah, out. 100%. It's like you're... You want to recapture that? Yeah, you only have, what, 24 or 36 exposures. So, you know, it's a very limited amount of chances, so you need to wait for that perfect moment. And then it's kind of just sitting in this black box until you develop it. And yeah, you're right. It is, it is pretty magical to see it happen. So how did that segue? Did you watch any movies at all growing up? Yes. Well, yes. Um, so my, I used to go to the movies a lot with my aunt growing up. Um, that was kind of our thing that we used to do. Not not super super often, um, but yeah, every so often we go see a movie. Um, but I would say my first, the first movie that I actually felt like really emotionally moved and um, just like really enthralled by was Moonrise Kingdom by Wes Anderson oh, yeah which I saw in like sixth grade I want to say and that was like and the reason I liked it so much is because it was like just being transported to a different universe and it was like completely different from like any other movie that I'd ever seen like I'd grown up you know going to like blockbusters and seeing like you actually grew up with a blockbuster Oh, seeing, seeing blockbusters. Oh, okay. But I did also grow up with a blockbuster okay. that I used to go to when I was a kid. Okay. For like, where, where'd you grow up? Um, the Bay Area. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like completely different. So like change your opinion about yeah. what cinema could do. No, 100%. Um, and your aunt took you to this? No, I saw this on my own. Okay. Um, but yeah, so after that, definitely got more interested in like indie movies, other sorts of cinema, foreign films. Um, 
but I would definitely say I'm not as much of a cinephile as other people I know in the film industry. Um, I would say the other main um, inspiration for me when I was like growing up um, visually were like music videos because yeah. I grew up when like YouTube was starting okay. and like Vivo was a thing so there was a lot of money going into music videos and a lot of like and you know DSLRs and like the Red One were coming out so a lot of up and coming cinematographers were shooting all these like cool music videos with high concepts and I just remember watching those and feeling really inspired by those kind of bite-sized pieces of visual storytelling. Well it's strange because I grew up with um, you know like Spike Jones and, and um, uh, Sam Bear and, and in the real MTV days right? Incredible and just the artistry that's involved in all those people right? David Fincher came out of that, uh, that generation, Michael Bay for a lesser extent. They all came from the music video world right mm -hmm. is that what you want to segue from music videos to did you okay so in high school did you shoot anything like, I, just for goofs yeah just for goofs yeah. for the most part I was in like uh, video production classes but I mean it was just a bunch of kids running around with DSLRs and like no lights and one man banding the whole thing but um, I learned a lot during those days and um, but I would definitely say it wasn't until I went to film school and started working on actual film sets in LA that I was like oh this is what it actually takes to make a film the nuts and bolts yeah, yeah. Um, I like the idea that that you're not a cinephile because I was just talking to Jess about this because yeah, kind of Jess doesn't watch a lot of movies either it's kind of embarrassing <laughs> no not at all because I feel like a lot of directors have so many great references no that's the point yeah don't reference other movies that's go out there and live life and make movies that's, that's why true. I think you're elevated Thanks, Tom. Seriously. Like, I think because <laughs> I a think lot there's of people, a good balance between them. A lot of people are copying stuff they've already seen. Yeah. I think that's what dilutes movies. That's true. You know? That's true. So then you, okay, so from high school, you were making these things. Yeah. You had a path that you wanted to make movies. You wanted to shoot what? Narrative? You want to shoot features? I wanted to shoot music videos. Okay. Um, I, it wasn't like a very strong idea and I mean at that time I didn't even know like the different positions on a film set like I was like oh maybe I'll go to film school and like maybe I'll direct music videos or something but after the first week of being in film school um, I was talking to upperclassmen and uh, who had all crewed on like actual music videos like for like big pop stars and big rappers and they were like you do not want to work on music videos yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like everybody's oh, like 18 hour days no this. yeah and they were like yeah crazy some crazy stories um so I kind of realized that, and um, and then after kind of going through different classes and um, shooting smaller projects for school, mostly narrative, mm -hmm. I started really honing, I guess, like a, a narrative. More so, but you, um, okay, so you went to, you got into Chapman. Why Chapman? Why not Loyola Marymount? Well, I didn't apply to LMU. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's, that's my school. No hate, no hate. I'm shooting an LMU project in two weeks, actually. Oh, yeah? On film? Uh, no. Uh, hell with them. I, I, I would if I could, but um, an ASCF guy is uh, gaffing for me. Jason. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, Jason Yu. Yeah. I love Jason. Yeah, I'm excited to be working with him. Cool. Or, sorry, no. He's gaffing on my project tomorrow, which is on film. Okay. I'm confusing awesome. projects. Yeah, I've been meeting a lot of LMU people recently. But, Good. yes, I did go to Chapman. Um, okay. I applied there because, well, it was, it was my top, like, in my top three, and then it was the one out of my top three that I got into, um, and then after going for orientation week and hearing about the program and talking to people, I was like, okay, this is definitely a very collaborative 
culture here where um, there's a lot of mentorship between the older and the younger grades and that's what I think really really helped me succeed like to this day was that first year of school being a freshman and um, like every weekend just crewing on different upperclassmen sets and just soaking everything in like taking notes asking questions Um, because all these upperclassmen like being so close to LA have a lot of professional work experience on set um and not only that i think when i was a freshman the culture at the film school was a a lot more refined and a lot more similar to how actual film sets are run whereas i think after covid a lot of that changed a little for the worse which which is unfortunate but i mean programs like like you helping helping younger people get interested in film like those are the kinds of things that need to happen because i think we're going back to that like because we're so we're a little bit more raw yeah. Uh, after uh, post COVID, it sounded like everybody was a lot more structured. They had to be more structured at this point. Yeah. You think people are more structured now? Now? Uh, what do you think? I think. Let me, let me hear your thoughts. I think people are less structured now. Okay. Because I think a lot of people, for example, like a lot of freshmen who started school, like doing online school, never got the chance to be on set for like a year. And then they come in their sophomore year, for example, and they've like never touched a camera before. They hear their professor lecture about it over Zoom, but like, you know, you don't know what any of that stuff means. Like you're hearing the words F-stop, you're like, okay, so what? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think a lot of them hands on. You need get hands on. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Like, like film learning. The best way to learn on film is, or to learn film is to be yeah hands on. Do you do you recommend film school? Um, I think it depends what you want to do, and if you have the means for it. I think there are a lot of great community colleges that offer a lot of amazing resources. Like I've I've been surprised actually um, talking to a lot of people who are in the industry um, and hearing about their experiences going to community colleges and being able to, like, shoot on, like, 16 millimeter their first year. And, um, yeah, like, lots of crazy stuff. Um, and, yeah, we didn't get to shoot on film at all at Chapman. Which so tell me about that. Why? Why? Why, why they do that? Um, what were they trying to discourage you from? Why? So supposedly... Um, some of the admin at Chapman Film School um, think that film is antiquated and they want to present Chapman as more of like a school of the future. Um, so they've they've actually banned shooting on film, which is crazy, believe it or not. That's insane. Yeah. I wanted to shoot my junior projects on film um, and my thesis on film. And I pitched it with like a whole like prepared like 10 minute presentation with you know, all the stats and, like, all the movies. And they're huge movies and huge TV shows. Everything's being shot on film nowadays. Um, like, if you see, like, the list of, like, all the Oscar nominations for Best Cinematography, like, over half of them were shot on 35. Um, and the person I was presenting all this to was just like, well, I just disagree. And I was like, okay, so this isn't really a conversation. Wow. Yeah, so. Okay, but why would you push to shoot on film on this one? Why, on that, on that one. On those projects? Um, on your thesis, I guess. Right? Yeah, just because visually I've always really loved the look of film. And on top of that, I wanted to shoot on film because I'd never shot on film before, you know? And it's... I love with every project I want to experience something new and try something new Um, and limiting myself to only being able like knowing how to shoot shoot on digital just was kind of silly to me what was about what was it about film that you saw was there a movie that you saw and you go I want to make it look like that hmm 
I don't know if there's like a specific movie that comes to mind. Anything inspire you to just seek out film itself? I think like, well, having a film photography background and then just, yeah, just seeing photos and movies shot on film side by side with movies and photos shot on digital, just like, it's totally different. It's night and day. And people say that like, oh, you can put like a lot, you can make a film emulation, but I think that's BS personally. Um, I, I, I know, I know the other camp. Um, I think in very, very, very rare set of circumstances, is that true? Um, where, you know, you're a huge production who can hire like a really seasoned colorist, um, who really knows what they're doing. Then in those circumstances, yes, I think you can get it very close. Um, but on indie projects with like student crew, like no one knows how to turn a digital image into like something that looks like it was shot on 16 millimeter. Like you can't just do that. Um, and in a way, it's kind of like perverting film, which maybe is a strong stance to have. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so your first sixteen, pro- your first, your first thing that you shot on motion picture was what sixteen thirty five super eight one. It was sixteen. Was it David's project? No, it was um, like a little experimental film shot on two daylight spools on a Bolex, okay. um, which was awesome. So, and this is like the first time I ever um, learned. So basically the story is I had a professor at Chapman who, although we weren't allowed to shoot anything on film, and also at that time he wasn't even allowed to teach students about film like at all like they were telling him like you have film cameras in your office like you need to hide them so students don't ask you questions which is crazy Um, but anyways so while that was going on I knew that he had shot on film he had done a lot of work in the 80s so like obviously everything was shot on film so um, you know I was expressing my interest in it and asking him if like Um, during some of his office hours he'd be willing to teach me how to load one of his cameras Um, so that ended up happening and he taught me how to load his Bolex and then at the end of it he handed me his Bolex in the case in two rolls and was like "All right, now go shoot something and I was like whoa I did not know that this was going to happen thank you so much yeah it was it was amazing and yeah if it weren't for him um, yeah I I think it would have been a lot harder and it is still really difficult yeah you saw the footage and you like it yeah, yeah, yeah. The footage came out. Um, yeah, it was super small crew. It was me um, and a genie crew of, like, three people, I want to say. Um, and it was just, like, shooting. You had G&E on this? On a Bolex shoot? Yeah. We had, like, one light. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, G&E. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we had, like, a person, like, literally timing the length of takes yeah. like to the second it was like okay five seconds cut like six seconds cut because yeah you know yeah. we only it's had precious. like four minutes of yeah. film um but yeah it was just like a really fun easy project and like i think like a perfect introduction to shooting on film and we got the scans back and i was just like yeah this is it yeah this is it um yeah and more than um the quality of the image it was also the like the fidelity of the image, like shooting in direct sunlight, everything being backlit and just like, we didn't have any ND or like a matte box. And I was just like kind of metering and trying to figure it out. And like, I knew that the background would be like super over. Um, but a lot of the, those highlights were retained and, you know, with digital, those would just be gone. So seeing that also 
really made me feel a lot more confident in understanding how to expose on film. Even more so, I think, than digital in some ways. Because digital, it's like you're shooting something and then it's like you get the log image and you're, you, you know, you're monitoring in Rec. 709 and then you can like really push and pull it and post. Um, and I think sometimes it's like kind of hard for you to wrap your head around that. But like film, it's like you kind of shoot it the way you see it. And you're metering it so you know where your, your exposure lies, and yeah, I don't know. It just feels like a lot more organic process to me. Yeah, that's okay. So, so now you shot the super or the uh, Bolex, and then you moved on to another project that you were just bitten by the bug of film now, right? Yeah, basically. So after that, after that one project, I then shot a music video on the SR3. Um, which was like a two-day music video with a f bunch of friends again. Okay. Um, yeah, and that was, again, a really great experience. And then that was the project... Was the one I saw? I met you on? Yes. Okay. So that was the project Oh, where, that was incredible. The uh, bar, at the bar. Yeah, with okay. the bar. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I... I remember because we had like no money so I wanted to ship it to Color Lab in Maryland yeah. and then I DM'd you asking like what's the safest way to ship film and you were like why are you shipping it to Maryland give it to me um, so yeah that's that's how we met well funnier was that I go I thought you were a guy by the way <laughs> for some reason we were following each other for the longest time since four years ago maybe it was that it was pretty long ago and I was like, oh, I thought it was a guy. okay, this is cool. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so then you shot the music video and then you... Then I shot the music video, yeah. And then it was like, you know, after every project, I like push myself a little further and like after feeling comfortable with like one level, then like on the next project, I like try to step up to the next level. So after so that was, yeah, a narrative project, which was, I believe, four, four or five days. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. And we shot... That's a long time. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. We shot like four rolls of film, I want to say. It's so long ago now. Um, this I can't is David's remember. project. David's project, okay. Meet Me at the Cross. Um, wow, that was huge to tackle. They had a whole church and tons of people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's probably the project I've done with like the most extras involved. Um, so that was really fun, like being able to capture like big, big scenes um, and a lot of life. Um, do you feel like, um, like even when something like that, did you know what you were about to get into, get yourself into in terms of like, because I never see you intimidated by the, the scope of things. Yeah, I feel like generally speaking in prep, I feel like I have a good idea of what I'm getting myself into. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of the whole job as a cinematographer. It's like all of it's made in prep. Um, but even when things didn't go right, it seems like you're just frosty. Like it's, not, I don't see the panic. Maybe you have ulcers. I don't know. <laughs> ulcers? Yeah. Maybe I have ulcers. That's a, yeah. um, I mean, the way I see it, like as a department head, you, you kind of have to keep your cool. Yeah. yeah. Like if you freak out, everyone freaks out. Yeah. And then that's not good to anybody because then everyone's freaking out and nothing's getting done. So True. somebody well, needs to just be like... Well, this is everything is going wrong, but we need to figure out a way forward because you know something's gonna happen. So after David's project, uh, then you wanted to step up to thirty-five. Is this right? <sighs> My God. Or did you do another sixteen before him? Everything's blending together, Tom. Um, <laughs> I know because you shoot so damn much. No, no. Um, <laughs> let's see. After that project. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm really trying to remember. I think after that project, I think it was um, 35. Yeah, I think you're right. And that was with that was through someone I met through ASCF. Oh, that, was that Nate's project? Yeah. No kidding. That was the next one. I thought yeah. you did Diane's movie and then this one. No. Okay. Diane, I met after we had wrapped on okay. Nate's project. So he reached out to you to shoot the water. Event. Yeah. Well, he posted in or the group chat yeah. just saying, hey, I'm looking for a DP for a project on 35. Um, and I happened to be like the first person to see it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> me, please. I want to shoot on 35. Um, yeah. And then that project was... I'm really happy with how it turned out, but that project was a headache in terms of technical things going wrong and logistics. I mean, it's always tough when you're working with really small budgets and green-ish crew, because, you know. They they all got, excuse me, they all got onto the crew because what, you, they were shooting on film, you were shooting on anamorphic. You got a lot of people to be on that set, because I was confused. I showed up, I was like, how many, what the hell? There this were, was supposed to be like five people at most. Uh, there weren't that many people. I think you're over-exaggerating. But, I mean, a lot of them are just, just homies. Okay. Yeah, just friends I, I've worked for and who have worked with me. Um, the first AC on that, Sydney, who you've met a couple times now, she's been my first AC since literally day one. Like, the first project I ever shot was her first project ever firsting on. And then same thing with... Um, my KG on that project, who who never KGs, he's he's always my gaffer. But on that project, he was doing me a favor in KGing. Um, but he was also on that first shoot that I shot, um, and he was that was his first time gaffing. So it's like the three of us kind of like came up together, I guess you could say. But um, yeah, they're both very dear friends of mine, and uh, yeah, we've worked together quite a bit over the years. Um, so yeah, it was really it was really good to have people I could I knew I could trust, and. Um, knew I could rely on and even though some things did not go as planned um, during prep on the production day everything went pretty much as smoothly as could be which was yeah I feel very grateful for Um, did you find it easier to shoot on 35 or 16 I would say they're pretty comparable um obviously the main differences are like with with the same amount of footage you have less time on 35 so there's more stress there um Otherwise, I mean, yeah, the depth of field is also different with 35. Um, Super beautiful. That was beautiful. Well, okay, the, the other thing is 35 stuff is a lot slower because it is such a bigger, heavier camera. Um, I still haven't done, like, any handheld with 35. I don't know if I could do it. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe the 35.3. Um, but... Yeah, like moving moving that around with like the big O'Connor head and the big like Mitchell sticks. Oh yeah, yeah. In in like a creek with a sliding muddy hill was um, a lot of fun. Coming up and down that hill. Yeah. So after that project, when then we move on to uh, Diane and Diane's music videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I met my friend Diane through, we just connected over Instagram. I'd seen her work, her photography work, um, and she shoots a lot of stills on film. Um, And we just met up for lunch just to get to know each other, and we just like instantly clicked because we have so much in common and a lot of our um, creative tastes, I think, Align, and we have a lot of similar references. Um, So she told me that she had a project coming up that she wanted to shoot 
with like a model friend of hers as like an assassin yeah. um, and I was like hey we should shoot this on film and she was like okay I have 20 rolls of uh, 50, 20 50 foot daylight spools that I got at an estate sale um, maybe we can shoot on those and I was like we should get those snip tested so he brought those in this like bag of like 20 yeah 20 50 Fearless. foot rolls to, to photochem got them snip tested and they were just like yeah these you can't shoot with these um but then photochem very generously was like we'll um exchange your film for a couple couple of our rolls um of expired fuji film 35 um which they were essentially gonna donate or like use for as like dummy rolls, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were like, oh, please, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely take it. They warn you about the remjet issue. Yes. Yeah, they did warn us about the remjet issue, uh, which we did run into, but um, it adds to it. I think it adds to yeah. it, and yeah, like this project, which ended up being kind of like an experimental like visualizer I guess you could say like kind yeah, of a yeah, loose was, narrative yeah. but like more of a visualizer yeah, yeah it definitely fit kind of the tone of what we were going for so we were I mean we were just excited and happy more than anything to yeah. just have the just opportunity shoot to shoot yeah to shoot on film and that was with the 35.3 right I'm pretty sure it was yes that project was on the 35.3 bare bones shooting like just a camera yeah did you guys have a tap? We did know. have a tap, um, but like no wireless. Yeah. And then I don't think we ever like ended up looking at the tap just because it was so like it, it was an analog yeah. tap, so it was like unusable. Yeah. So anytime it's not like, unusable. You <laughs> shot plenty of things. On. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, useful for framing, but yeah. beyond that, right. anytime like the production designer or Diane wanted to look, I would just tell them like just look through the eyepiece. Right. Um, and yeah, I love shooting on Fuji film. It's, Isn't it great? It's my favorite stock. Yeah. Like, I love Kodak. I'll rep Kodak every day, but... Yeah. You're wearing a Kodak shirt now. I am wearing a Kodak shirt right now. I had to, had to rep at ASCF. But, um, yeah, I love Shihan Fujifilm, and I think, like, yeah, it was, it was the perfect look for the project. We did end up shooting some, um, some portions on 16mm uh, 500T, but everything else was Fuji Eterna 500, which was, I think, like, 20 years expired, so we overexposed it by two stops um, and ended up uh, rating it at around 100, I would say. Um, and we did do exposure tests for that, just because I was nervous about it being old and, yeah, didn't know where that film was. Well, the other thing, in the 16, you took it to a rave. We did take the 16. You took my camera to a rave. We did. With a steady cam off. With a steady cam off. Yeah, yeah. Just so many people just yeah, generously amazing. donating That's so their bold. time and yeah, allowing us to do stuff. That's we so kind of just rolled up and talked to the organizers. I mean we it's like a very you know, raves like those are pretty loose. So But the thing is when I saw the footage they didn't they weren't bothered by it. The yeah, they weren't bothered yeah, no one at the rave was bothered. It was it was pretty ideal. Like yeah. we did not really know what we were going to we scouted the location like a couple nights before but it was just an alleyway like there was nothing there um so we're like okay maybe the rave's gonna be here maybe there's gonna be like a tent or something we have no idea um but yeah ended up being a tent and we ended up kind of timing it so that there were enough people but not too many where we wouldn't be able to move around at all um yeah it just we just got very lucky and it all just ended up working out um and yeah i'm really excited for that project it's called the shot in the foot and it's hopefully going to be released at the end of this month, and if not, at the beginning of next month. Um, yeah. So what, I mean, how do you typically tell a director that you fight for film? What is, what do you, how do you fight for film when you kind of talk to them? Do you, do you consider it 
you try to fight for it all the time, or do you just pick and choose your battles, like in terms of the project? I think I, at this point, I'm picking and choosing my battles just because I mean I have a limited amount of stock, and most of the projects that I'm working on right now just don't have budgets to shoot on film. Um, so, but oftentimes it's um, a lot of the projects I've done on film. Re- more recently, I've been directors approaching me saying, hey, I have this project I want to shoot on film. They know you shoot on yeah. film. Yeah, which is cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a win-win because I, I try works, to shoot right? as much as I can on film. Um, yeah, just because it's a lot of fun and it pushes everybody on set, I think, to be really intentional with what we're capturing and how the workflow's going. So, yeah, at the end of the day, I feel like it's always a good experience, even though sometimes stuff goes wrong, cameras break, yeah. stuff malfunctions. <laughs> Um, I know that well, but at the end of the day, so far, I've like never been on a project that I've shot where like something's gone like catastrophically wrong with where we had to like shut everything down or like we shot and then lost the film or something like that. Um, So can you talk about Italy? Italy. Italy. Yes. Why? Um, why? Why'd you? Why'd you do that? Yeah. Um, good question. What's the pro- What is the? Yes. So I was a. I was a part of a um, <clears throat> summer workshop this summer, 2023, um, that shoots on 35 millimeter in Catania, Sicily. It's a two-week program, and it's basically a bunch of like international filmmakers. You, you apply and get into the program, and everyone flies out to Italy. And the first week is pre-production. Everyone gets paired up, or like DPs get paired up with director and a cam op and scout. And then the second week, everybody shoots. Mm. Um, and everyone gets four rolls of 35 millimeter. Um, and the reason I wanted to do that was um, I'm planning on moving to Europe later this year. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity to A, visit Italy. I've never been. So I was really looking forward to that. And B, uh, yeah, just like. Um, collaborate with and connect with filmmakers from around the world who specifically are interested in shooting on analog. Like those are the people. I met I met I Louisa yesterday. Louisa. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. No I love Louisa. Yeah. Oh, she's awesome. She says hi. Oh that's so sweet. Yeah she's great. Um, yeah made a lot of amazing friends there. Everyone was just like super down to earth. Um, yeah, I was really shocked. Do you, think, I, do you think the program was sort of worth the time that you put into it? I'm not going to lie. It, I don't think it's the program for everybody. It, it is a little pricey, but for me personally, I, I don't regret doing it. Um, just because, again, like those connections are invaluable um, and the experience was amazing. But I would say if you do have the opportunity to shoot on film locally, it might be easier. Just because it... Like, there's only so much pre-production you can do in, like, a couple days in a foreign country where you don't speak the language, et cetera, et cetera. Communication. Um, Yeah, and, like, you're just meeting these people. You literally crew up, like, on the morning of the second day. So everybody pitches their projects on the first day, and it's like you're thrown into a room, and it's like, okay, everybody choose your groups. Um, So... You know, the projects that come out of it aren't like going to be masterpieces yeah. just because of all the restrictions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I personally had a really you, good time. You took, yeah, you, you got a lot. From yeah, it. yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, most most of all, yeah, just like the people I met. Okay. So um, after that, you come back, you do that, you do another Diane project. Yes. And 
Yeah, that that was on on soundstage, lighting thirty five. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. That after I came back from Italy, we did pickups for a shot in the foot, and then um, I started prepping for two other projects on film. One of which was um, a project which was like kind of a spec for uh, an Yves Saint Laurent perfume called Cinema, um, and it was also Diane, the director, her final at her school. Um, so we were able to use the school's soundstage and a lot of their equipment, which ended up um, coming really in handy because the first camera we were shooting on ended up kind of having some issues. Well, actually it didn't really come in that, that handy because the camera we got from the school was even more broken than the first <laughs> camera. So then on that shoot, my poor loader and my first, poor first CC, like literally in the middle of the shoot, had to download and reload and then Download like break down and yeah. like rebuild yeah. three whole cam, three completely different cameras, <laughs> none of which they had ever worked with before, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's poor awesome. Ethan. Poor Ethan. Shout out Ethan Lee. Yeah. Um, great, Ethan. great loader, great second AC. Um, Does and, it with a smile. Yeah, and Sydney as well. Yeah, yeah. Sydney, Sydney killed it. Um, yeah, again, very. I, I, I just think I've gotten lucky. Like, I just feel very lucky and very fortunate to, like, be surrounded by so many people who are just willing to kind of just, you know, jump off and and do the thing with me. And I, I kind of question whether or not, like, look, if it was a digital shoot, do you think? Well, obviously they would still come out for you, but like. If it's a film shoot, do you feel more like empowered to ask people to do some stuff for you? Because you know what, they love being on a film sh- uh, a film set, like a celluloid yeah. set, right? Yeah, I think do you that's. Sense that? Yeah, I definitely think that's true. I think a lot of people who work in camera know that you know when a project's going to be shot on film, it's a much more like immersive experience than just like you know a bunch of buttons and a bunch of like cables and stuff like it's it's a very um it's just like a yeah just a much more like collaborative process definitely between myself and my camera team um and also like i guess for genie friends um being able to light for film is probably really exciting too because you don't really know the image like oh my god the image that we were getting because we were shooting in in the sound stage and doing a lot of looks um with a model with dark skin and uh we had an analog tap set up because all three of the cameras that we're using um none of them were like retrofitted with a uh, an hd tap um so the image that it was sending was like it was like you couldn't see anything it, it was like basically black um so everyone was like basically lighting and just trusting well, their light yeah. meters. Yeah, Good. yeah. No, it's, it's what we should be it, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, once people start trust, just looking at the monitors, it's like then you've kind of I don't know. You're kind of losing that extra like trusting your light meter is like part of the process, and it's part of what makes it fun. On about shooting, 100%. shooting any movie like even when digital when I'm shooting on digital like I'm still metering everything um do you um do you still have the same light meter you had when you first started yes yeah I got that from um yeah someone who's now a union first AC but um yeah he I bought it from him and yeah I've been using it ever since that's Very, awesome it's your yeah your sidearm yeah. Pal, <laughs> exactly. So what? Um, so the what's the end game? You want to shoot a feature film? Um. Well, 
maybe a couple years in the future. Yeah, I'd love to shoot a feature or yeah, if I get approached by the right project. But I feel like I'm I mean, I've just barely started my career. Like I still feel like I'm right in that in between stage between breaking out of like the ultra low budget just passion projects I mean I'm still shooting passion projects like every day um, with like no money um, but slowly I've been doing more paid work as a DP which is really really I feel very grateful for um, so yeah someday I'd love to do features but right now um, short term I'm really interested in shooting um, like fashion films and that's part of the reason why I want to move to Europe and move to London um, is because there's a lot of like really cool directors and really cool brands out there that are um, commissioning really creative ideas and creative concepts often which shoot on film are you um, so are, have you established any sort of infrastructure there or are you going to start from scratch again <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm doing a two-year grad program uh, just for the whole visa situation. I tried to get a job um, at, like, a rental house, but they weren't able to sponsor my visa. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of the easiest way in as a, as a freelancer and as someone who doesn't have, like, a ton of awards under my belt. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to learning and meeting people over there. I know they do things a bit differently, so I'm excited to... That's, I mean, again, another big reason why I want to leave the U.S. is to experience other cultures, film sets, and just how things work on in other places around the world. Do you think do you think we're too? Do you think Americans are just too much commercial based and not enough artist based? No, I don't think so. Um, I think there are a lot of people who. I, I think there's a good variety of projects in LA. Um, it's just a matter of like where the funding goes, I think, and there's a lot of funding for commercials here, but it's often just like really standard kind of run-of-the-mill commercials um that's kind of a uh they kind of want to yeah. return on investment every time yeah instead of just funding an artist artist's like i like the way you shoot i just want to give you a can of film and film and camera and just go shoot something yeah yeah i don't know i don't know if a lot of production companies around la would be willing to do that kind of thing whereas yeah i think in london they're more open to that kind of they're more um I guess casual about it. Um, yeah, like next week I'm working with a London-based production company uh, to shoot a commercial, which I'm looking forward to. Um, and yeah, just the process so far of like being onboarded, I'm like, oh wow, like it seems a lot more casual than how it would be done over here in the states. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just looking forward to experiencing a different culture and being able to travel around Europe. Hopefully, be able to yeah, just meet different people. See new places and. Are you gonna Are you gonna buy a camera before you go, or are you gonna just buy it there? Maybe you could buy it there. There's a guy I, I got to get you in contact with because I just sent my two C to them in London, and he's he's putting a PL mount on it, and he's also converting the two perf. So he's out there, and he has cameras for sale. So maybe you can. Yeah, get I'd love to get in touch. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, for a while, was like, oh man, I need to buy a camera if I want to shoot on film, because it's expensive to rent cameras, but <laughs> nowadays... Um, but now you have a good infrastructure, because there's a Cinelab out there? Yes. There's Kodak, Kodak's on yeah. Pinewood, right? There is Kodak yeah. out in the UK. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other labs. Um, there's 
Yeah, a couple rental houses that carry. In Paris, there's Aventi, and there's also um, Silverway. Silverway, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you, I'm excited. Oh, I'd love to go to Paris. That'd be awesome. You'll come. You'll I would have love to it. come. I have to go. I'll meet you. I just got my passport re renewed. Oh, okay. Nice. And I definitely want to go. Yeah. At some point, because I've be always wanted to go to Paris, and I've been practicing my French. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. We should meet, so up, we meet up in Paris. Up yeah. Why not? Oh God, that'd be so crazy. It's a quick train go. ride from London. So um, the two years that you're there, it's a film immerse, immersion course. Uh, a film immersion course. Um, well, it's a two-year master's program in cinematography. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, at London Film School. And yeah, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. They they do shoot a bit on film. Um, there's awesome. one project that's on 16 millimeter. Everybody shoots on 16. Beautiful. And you're gonna be like, you're gonna be like, yeah, this is. This is <laughs> for peasants uh, no not at all I love shooting on 16 and then I think uh, for your thesis you're also allowed to shoot on 35 uh, which will be sick yeah. is that what you're, you're going to be pushing for that for yeah I mean yeah if we can afford it I'd love to um, so yeah I'm looking looking forward to it um, yeah I don't really know what to expect I haven't even like booked my ticket or my place yet, my visa appointments this upcoming week. So I've been putting together paperwork for that, but hopefully it'll all work out. I'm kind of in the belief that like generally things work out. This is so cool. This is awesome. Thank you. I'm, I'm so excited for you. Actually. Yeah, thank you. Just I'm because you're taking film with you, too. You know, like yeah, you're taking the love, the love of film. Exactly. Yeah. And you'll be the ASCF uh, Europe? ASCF Europe? Yeah. yeah. You have to represent us, though. I will. That's the best part. So, if somebody's starting out new in film, what do you recommend that they do? What is your advice for them? I'm brand new. Like working with celluloid, you mean? Yes. I'm Graham okay. Spanking New. Okay. Hey, Dajana, I don't know where to start. How do we start? How do I start? Oh, my gosh. Well, I would definitely say do, do what I did and start with a small project. Like, you want to minimize as much stress as possible. Like, I, I would have been scared if my first project on film had been, like, a narrative or, like, a commercial. Like, like that would have been, like, really intimidating. So it was really nice for my first project to have been, like, a super, like, zero stakes with just, like, a group of friends, small project, two rolls of film, like, really bare bones, really easy. We didn't have any monitoring it was literally just the camera no even like follow focus or anything like my first AC was just standing next to me barreling the lenses um, yeah it was like a the turret C-mount lenses uh, that was a lot of fun the sweet arms yeah yeah um, so yeah that, that's what I would recommend and um, when in doubt overexpose <laughs> pretty much it and uh, yeah just know make sure your first AC knows their focus marks what if they don't have a first AC I'm just by myself Dajana uh <laughs> Good luck. How can I start? I mean, it'll be it'll be tough because when you're shooting on film, you pretty much always want to have your eye through the viewfinder when you're operating, um, for multiple reasons, like mostly to check focus. Because if no one's looking through that lens, you can't really trust the monitors. Um, and sometimes, even if the focus puller has their marks, maybe they've shifted a bit. So there always needs to be an operator with their eye through. Um, looking through the viewfinder, just double checking, because um, you have no idea what you're shooting until you get those scans back. Should I go on social media to 
get advice, uh, get uh, like who, like, should I go on social media to just pick people's brains? Should I email them, D- DM them? 100%. That's, that's what I did for many years, and that's what I still do. That's what I think everybody so you should sort do. Of, you sort of lurk on them. Oh, yeah. I lurk everywhere. <laughs> I love to follow people um, and just see what people are making, like, again, around the world. Like, social media is... Um, not great for a lot of reasons, but one of the amazing things that it allows people is to connect with others from all around the world who have completely different set of like references, access to gear, um, different environments that they're shooting in, different types of people that they're shooting, just all these different things. And being able to see that just through your phone is is really special. Um, and so yeah, like social media, Instagram. Um, Vimeo is great. You want people to reach out to you? Yeah. You're happy. Yeah. You're of happy course. to ask, answer questions. Of course. Yeah. I feel like right. I, I'm I, over. I'm over. <laughs> no, I'm good. Right. No. Okay. Leave them. Leave them on red. <laughs> no. Yeah. Please ask me questions if you hear this. I'm I'm an open book. Um, yeah. I mean that's that's what I did during COVID. Um, a lot of people weren't working, obviously. So I would literally just look up um, the credits of like who worked on what music video um, and then just email them. Like I would find their emails through like LinkedIn or their websites and just cold email just being like, hey, I am a student and um, trying to learn more about XYZ, um, would love to pick your brain. Do you talk to, do you talk to vendors directly as well? Nowadays, yes. Um, back then, uh, no. But it is really, really important to establish a good relationship with vendors, 100%. Um, yeah, that's something that they don't really emphasize enough in film school. And I think a lot of students rely on the resources that the schools provide, which is great that they have those. But then they leave school and they're like, well, I don't have access to those resources and I don't know any rental houses or like have any connections. Um and that's where it really takes a toll because when you graduate is like when you're working with, you're kind of starting at zero again in some ways because you have no budgets. Uh, there's no professor telling you what to do. It's actually, it's, a, it's actually, to me, it's a false sense of comfort because you were given things, like in, film, in our film school, it's like, oh, well, you can have any light you want in our rental right. facility. Oh, great. Yeah, exactly. And we all bitched about it, of course, because exactly. we were so ungrateful. But now that you're in the real world, it is another film school on top of that, right? Like, we're, like, now I have to make uh, contacts and relationships. Yeah. Everything in the film industry, it's, like, I think it's one of those industries where, yeah, you don't need credentials. You don't need a resume. You don't need a degree. If you know what you want to achieve and you know what you want to do... You just need to find the right path towards it and just, like, you need to be your biggest motivator and just push yourself to reach out to people, to ask questions, to show up to events. Um, Like, I show up to events all the time. I was attending an event this morning uh, with a very talented colorist. Um, Yeah, like, there there are a lot of resources out on the internet um, that are available for people. Um, Lots of forums. There's the Roger Deakins podcast. There's the Wandering Cellular Ashram. Cellular Ashram. No, seriously. I think I listened to you, your podcast, before I even shot on film. And honestly, like a lot of the tips that you have on there aren't really readily available on the internet. Which is honestly one of one of the bummers about shooting on film is. I don't think it's purposely gatekept, but a lot of the information is like in books, in physical manuals, and yeah. not a lot of it is online. Although there are a lot of great 
resources. Like there's David Elkin's website. He has like a ton of manuals there. Um, you can look up most manuals to most film cameras, but um, sometimes the manuals like aren't exactly one to one with like how exactly you should do things. Um, Especially if you don't have the camera in front of you. Yeah, it's ex- hard. It is really hard. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's changing for the better, which is good. Hey, is this the podcast? Yes. Hey, I'm gonna yes, plug Matt. myself real quick. My yeah. name is Matt. What's I'm up, an AC. Matt? What's up, guys? Hey. <laughs> Matt uh, firsted on a shot in the foot, which yeah. I did with Diane, and he killed it. It was his, I think, second time pulling on film. Yeah. First time pulling on 35. Yeah. And I was skeptical. I'll be honest. I was skeptical. Look at him. <laughs> look at that. Look at that bear of a man. I, I, I literally met him through ASCF and like talked to him, and I was like, "So what do you do?" And you know, we we're getting to know each other, and he was like. Yeah, you know, I, I mainly pull on digital, but my mentor was a union first, so he taught me to only pull based on focus. And I was like, hey, I have this project coming up. I need That's a first awesome. AC. That's the way you're supposed you're to do it. No, we killed it. Yeah, really grateful that I've had him because uh, that project was involving a lot of... There were cars, a lot of car stuff, yeah. and also um, weapons. Yeah. And he, it was it was nice to have him there because he was able to help us out. We were crew of like a bunch of just a bunch of yeah a bunch of kids a bunch of girls who are into fashion here's the one here's the one thing i would say dosh i think you're bearing i think you're bearing your credentials here because i think with the amount of film you shoot now and the experience you have i feel like you have a lot more confidence in shooting on film than it's really it's really impressive, like how much experience you have in that your age. Thank you. Because I mean, I shot my first feature at 25, so. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. Okay, okay, Tom. I wasn't a prodigy. You worked on saw too, didn't you? Yeah, I was the. So I, I lit. I lit that bathroom. That was me. That was my bathroom. And they keep relighting it the same way since. You know, anyway. But anyway, so that's that's in the past. No one remembers that. They're like, what, what do you got for me lately? So, um, in terms of uh, also like, okay, so your film, you're gonna be in feature films. You wanna in London? Are you gonna come back after London? Um, I think it's it's really depending on how like the next two to four years go. So after I graduate, I'm planning on staying in the country for two at least two more years, most likely, unless something goes terribly wrong and I like hate it the second I get there. But I, I don't anticipate that happening. So yeah, probably be there for four years and then I don't know. We'll we'll see. What's your what's your best advice as a cinematographer in general? You said it. You kind of said it to, in, in early on, like don't panic. Don't make other people panic. You're the you're the head of the department. Don't yeah. freak out. What else? Ah uh, man. Um, if you want to DP, m- more than anything, you need to understand lighting. Like you can know zero about cameras and still be an amazing DP. Because as long as you have a good camera team, they'll be there to support you. But if you're a DP who doesn't understand lighting, then you're you're not really a DP. <laughs> um, and, I mean, that's something that's, I think, intimidating for a lot of people. Um, and, I mean, I myself, I came up as a second AC. Um, that's what I found myself doing in school. I was um, spending time on set in the actual industry, second acing, um, which is really funny because during COVID, I would be in Zoom class 
and like also seconding on set and people on set thought I was like 27 yeah, yeah. like 30 and I'm like no I'm 19 and I'm in my zoom class for animation with like one airpod in my ear you carry yourself off as a much older I think it's the white hair too uh, you <laughs> I do have white hair have you seen oh yeah you do have yeah. yeah I've been graying since five um, but anyways I you did that on purpose no no sorry I've been graying since fifth grade not since five but um anyways yeah understand lighting and personality yeah just don't get on well with don't people. be a dick don't be a dick I feel like as long as you're you're you have a good attitude and you are pushing yourself to learn you can't really go wrong speaking of Saul yes David Armstrong was a DP on that okay and he kept us laughing all the shoot yeah that's great he is you have to have sort of that personality right like um they want to spend time with you for 12 to 16 hour to 20 hour days. Yeah, that's, I mean, some, I've worked with a lot of, a range of different DPs and I've worked with some DPs that like aren't the most pleasant to be around yeah. and they're still making great work. So it's really balancing a lot of things, but at the end of the day, I mean, it doesn't hurt to be nice to people and be friendly and um, help somebody, others out. If somebody came up to you and said like, hey, can you mentor me, Tajana? What would you say? Uh, Who are you and get off my lawn? <laughs> um, I, I mean, depending on the person, I, I'm always down to teach people. I mean, generally, whenever people ask questions, I mean, that's the main thing. Like, if you're on set and you don't know what you're doing, ask questions. Don't be obnoxious about it, but, like, ask questions. And oftentimes, asking smart questions shows people, oh, like, you know enough to know the right questions to ask. Mm. And you're, you know, you yeah. care enough to ask them. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a lot of people kind of flex their, um, well, don't ask it at the wrong time either, you know? There's a lot of people who just yeah, ask like, questions. Yeah, you know, while you're, the first AC's, like, pulling focus on a steady cam take, don't be like, oh, like, why are you <laughs> yeah, using, using that? Yeah. Um, but Or try to flex your information, like, why would you use a nucleus if you need, if the best thing is a WC? Yeah, don't, yeah, don't do that. Don't, don't flex your knowledge like that. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, but yeah, I think that's another thing that I, that I learned, yeah, is, um, I mean, film is, working in film is so collaborative that even if you're the best DP in the land, if you don't have crew that is up to standards and knows what they're doing, then, like, you can't really get anything done. Um, so it's a matter of, yeah, just, like, mentoring people and, and um, showing them like the right way and the safe way to do things so that everything can run smoothly and so that everyone can have a good time. What's your, uh, what's your dream project? What, uh, what genre film maybe? What's your dream project? Ooh. Well, hmm. I don't know if it's my dream project per, per se, but a project that I feel very inspired by currently is uh, the film Sound of Metal. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. Yeah, beautiful movie, shot on 35. Um, yeah, and like researching that movie, um, it's just like a very meaningful movie about um, a story that, that really matters. And it's... I mean, I don't know a ton about, like, the behind the scenes of how everything went down, but it seems like it was a very collaborative, organic process. Um, you want to do a project like that? Yeah, just, like, on a meaningful project, whether it's narrative or doc or commercial. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody wants to work on something that they feel, like, matters. Um, 
Yeah. Well, here's the. I mean, look. Here's the thing. I uh, forgive me for talking behind your back, but I know I've been telling everyone. I can sense when people make it, and you're gonna make it. You just have that thing. I don't know what it is. Well, think of it like this. My best boy electric was um, Eric Messerschmidt. What? Yeah. Well, he didn't, only for a show, but I looked at him and I go, that's in, I can see that. That's you. Could you get me his number? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. oh. Um, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, thank you. And for I some reason, I can see the same sort of like focus, laser focus, somewhat lack of sense of humor. No, no, I'm kidding. Um, there's just some sort of like no, no fear. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think in this job, you... You, if you're afraid of asking questions and you're afraid of reaching out and you're afraid of like you need to do the things that scare you otherwise you're not really going to be pushing yourself and you're not going to be stepping it up to that next level um, do, your, do your parents support what you do? Yeah, they do, which is which is yeah, I'm very grateful for, especially coming from you know an Asian family. Um, yeah, my parents, um, although they both work in STEM, um, they've always been really supportive of my sister and I, who are both pursuing kind of like art. Uh, she's like a culinary culinary person. Yeah, um, so yeah, very supportive um, of our endeavors, I suppose. Which yeah, I'm very grateful for. Um, yeah, and they've definitely been a big reason for I think my my mindset of just like wanting to try new things um, like my mom immigrated from Taiwan when she was 18 and she like traveled around everywhere her and my dad met in Paris actually wow my middle name is Paris because they met there no kidding yeah it was like a crazy chance encounter where serendipitous yeah like she was walking by and my dad needed uh, and his sister wanted a photo taken so they asked her to take the photo she was just a random passerby and then after that um, he noticed she was wearing a sweatshirt with the name of like a Berkeley dorm and he was going to Berkeley at the time so they like struck up a conversation and she wasn't going to Berkeley it just happened to be the same name but they both found out they were Taiwanese um, same age and I guess they like exchanged uh addresses and like ended up like mailing each other or whatever from across the country um yeah crazy but anyways um yeah they've really taught me yeah just to experience experience life and i think that's what everybody should be doing and you know what experience life and then you'll be a better filmmaker yeah stop watching movies all the time (laughs) Because you can be a film watcher or you can be a filmmaker and you can kind of bridge the gap. You can bridge the gap, but sometimes. But yeah, but I've noticed like people who actually experience life are better filmmakers because you're not trying to copy somebody else. We're trying to replicate an experience you've had. Yeah, that's true. That's my take. Yeah, and I think just broadening your horizons and just meeting different people just teaches you to be a better person. And being a better person usually translates to being a better collaborator. And then at the end of the day, it's all self, you know, it, it, it all works out. Yeah. A thousand percent. Well, thank you for being on the cellular ashram, Dash. We finally got you. Yes, you, you caught me. Ambush. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Oh, okay.